Howdy, Yokes. Before we get started on today's episode of Bacon and Eggs, I'm actually joined by a fellow podcaster, Nick Bailey. I've brought him on the show. He hosts Fan Counters, and I think it's a wonderful show. I just wanted to give him to come an opportunity to come here and chat about what he does and maybe see if I can get some of y'all to listen to his hilarious podcast. So, Nick, welcome to Bacon and Eggs. Thanks, Tyler. Appreciate you having me. Absolutely. So, Nick, tell me, what is Fan Counters? I mean, where did this idea come from, and, and how do you produce what you produce? Well, Fan Counters is basically a show that everybody can say, hey, you'll never believe what happened when I met a certain celebrity. So we thought, Mm -hmm. how fun would it be to turn the tables and say, what was that encounter like for the celebrity? They might have thought differently than you did about it. So it's our opportunity to find out their craziest and wildest and weirdest experiences that they've had with their fans. Well, that's so fun. Do you have any like good examples you can share with our listeners? Yeah. Um, so I did come prepared for your show, of course. Um, I did want to mention, you know, you might, might be thinking, well, what kind of celebrities does he have? So we've hosted some classic TV celebrities like Jerry Mathers from Leave it to Beaver, Christopher Knight from The Brady Bunch. We've done Olympic athletes like Scott Hamilton and Chelsea Memel. Terry Fader was on our show from America's Got Talent. And then we also have a lot of young stars from Disney, Nickelodeon. We've had the girls from Dance Moms on the show. So lots of interesting guests. And some of the weirdest stories that we like to hear about are the random bathroom encounters that celebrities have. For instance, Mm. uh, Christopher Knight from the Brady Bunch had a great one. He was in a bathroom doing his business in in a urinal, but it was kind of one of these open style, really old urinals in a, in this bar in New York. So you almost, if you weren't careful, you could just kind of like walk into it. So he's doing his business and this guy comes in, he goes, Peter Brady. And he slaps him on the back. Obviously he was overserved and he pushed, literally pushed Chris into the urinal. And by the time he realized what was going on, he had already been peeing on his shoes. So he goes, yeah, that's one I'll oh never forget. Gosh. So those are some of the kind of stories we hear. Um, my favorite is, have you ever seen the show uh, House Hunters on HGTV? Yes. Yes, I have. Okay. So when that show first aired, I don't know if you remember, but they used to have a host that was a real person, Suzanne Wong. And she'd kind of walk a sidewalk and be like, you know, so-and-so is looking for this house and all this stuff. So Suzanne was on the show and she had some really fun encounters from House Hunters. But my favorite was when she went to a party and she was approached by a woman who clearly knew who Suzanne was, but she didn't recognize her. So this lady comes up and she goes, hey, Suzanne, I was on your show. Suzanne's like, "Uh, what? She goes, you know, House Hunters, do you remember me? I'm Tracy Stevens. I have a son. I bought a house by the lake. Now, Suzanne just hosts the show. She never actually met any of the House Hunters. And she obviously doesn't watch the show once it's put together. But this woman gets increasingly more loud. I can't believe you don't remember me. And so Suzanne is now a rule. Anytime somebody comes up to her, she'll just be like, oh, yes, that was my favorite episode. (laughs) Just to get away from those (laughs) weird, weird encounters. Oh, my gosh. That's so good. That's so good. Yeah, absolutely. Do you, I mean, do you have one more you can share with us? Yeah, so the band R5 is uh, really huge overseas and in South America, but they've they've got a big name here as well. They're actually from Colorado. So the, the drummer of that band, Ellington Ratliff, was on our show, and he talked about a kid who asked him, have you ever seen a 14-year-old with a tattoo? And he's like, no. She says, do you want to see mine? So Ellington's like, um, well, I guess. Curiosity kind of got the best of him, so he said yes. So guess this Tyler she proceeded to take out her fake eyeball to show a tattoo on the eyeball of the Chicago Blackhawks logo oh my god (laughs) what yeah that would mess me up for the rest of my I would hang up the drumsticks at that point (laughs) well you know what he did though he goes on the tour bus and brings out his bandmates one by one and makes her do it over and over (laughs) 
So that's too good. Very crazy thing. So we do get a lot of weird fan encounters uh, on our show. So we would love if you guys love movies as much as Tyler and I do to to come on over because we have a lot of stars that were in the movies kind of dishing about their behind the scenes stories of the making of stuff. Like we had Alex Ponovic mm-hmm. from uh, Lord the World. What was it called? The Planet of the Apes movie. Ah, uh, the title escapes mm-hmm. me. But anyway, he was on kind of telling because he played Winter in that movie. So he would tell us about what it was like to film kind of with all those dots on your body because they had to create him into this massive gorilla. So we get to hear cool stories yeah. like that. Oh, wow. This sounds so good. Nick, thank you for joining me uh, here before we started baking and eggs. And uh, definitely go check out Fan Counters. Uh, and maybe you'll see some more collaborations from the two of us soon. I would love that. Yeah. And just so your listeners know, we're on Twitter. We'll post all our episodes there. So we're at Fan Counters Live on Twitter. There you go. Just that easy to find. Thank you so much, Tyler. I really well, do appreciate you having me on. Absolutely. Nick, thank you for joining us. And now on with the episode. Howdy, Yokes, and welcome back to Bacon and Eggs. I'm Tyler Carlin. And I'm Ethan Edgehill. And today we're looking for a new home. Or maybe we're just fighting the same enemies as last time, but like scarier now. So get ready to set your dragons free! Fly on your own! Because today we're bringing you How to Train Your Dragon The Hidden World. just five days ago on February 22nd, 2019 on a $129 million budget, made all of it back, $277 million worldwide opening weekend. Uh, I think because it released here like a month late. So it's just taking all those accurate because I've seen the domestic numbers. They're not that good. Uh, But a 92% critic rating on Rotten Tomatoes, 89% audience and a 71 on Metacritic. But before we get into our professional reviews, we're joined this week by none other than the how to train your dragon expert himself, Isaac Carlson of Watso videos. Isaac, welcome back to the show. Hello guys. I'm so glad to be back, especially for this episode. I've been so excited for this movie ever since I got into the franchise. I mean, I mean, it's, it was only actually a few months ago, but it's felt like much longer than that. <laughs> I would think if, if like, listen, I've only known you, Isaac, for almost a year now. I don't know if you even liked How to Train Your Dragon when we met, but I feel like, like, I feel like everybody's got their niche on YouTube. You know what I'm saying? Like, like Seamus, I like Toy Story Gorman over there. That's like his brand. This, to me, is what Isaac is all about. How to Train Your Dragon? I'd say How to Train Your Dragon and Lion King are the two like big things I like to talk about that lots of people don't. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. These are these are some overlooked movies, honestly. Oh my god, are they overlooked? I mean, like it's just it's sinful. Honestly, like I and I I'm one of those people. I'm one of those people that like I never it never comes to the forefront of my mind when I'm talking about these movies. It to, to, we're talking about animated movies and the, and the greatest ones is to talk about these movies, but like oh my god, I was missing out. Well, that that's exactly what happened to me as well. That it was I enjoyed Disney pretty much my entire life. Got into do you, YouTubing a lot and then started started looking into lots of animated movies and slowly I just started to look into DreamWorks as well see if there's anything there but 
for the most part, I always thought that Shrek was the only thing to really look to. And then I bought How to Train Your Dragon 1 and 2, waited a few months to actually watch it, and it blew my mind. I was blown away. I watched them back to back, and the, the first two just rattled me. And I was addicted. I was de deep diving everywhere I could, watching the Netflix show, diving into the wikis. It blew my mind. There's a Netflix show? Yeah. Uh, Is it good? Uh, it's actually really good. There's actually- I did not know that. There's a bunch of shows. There was one that originally released on Cartoon Network that was uh, Riders of Burke. And then the Netflix show is Dragon's Race to the Edge. And it's what takes place in between one and two. So it completely sets up Drago and like the search for the Bill Wilderbeast egg prior to the second one. And it also shows the transition into like all the characters, like Hiccup and Astrid, like getting engaged and starting to date. All of that is fleshed out in those shows. It's awesome. Oh, this is only good news. This is just that's more so cool. Yeah, that's more how stuff. How to Train Your Dragon. Oh yeah. my gosh, I did not know about that. I feel so bad that I didn't know this. Uh, but before we get to dive too deep into our reviews i need uh professional reviews ethan okay i've got a negative you have a review. negative review you have a negative review i have a negative review i know how the show works ethan i know how it works i'm so proud of you i know how it works anyway joel Mer morgan joel morgenstern i couldn't say that word for some reason of wall street journal says this film feels like it's flying on empty this is clearly the last and this is clearly the end of a franchise one that gave great pleasure and stayed on too long sounds like joe's seen on the netflix shows <laughs> <laughs> He's really agents have shielded himself out. I can't talk tonight. Right. What is going on? I don't know, man. <laughs> it's Lacroix. I'm a, a just you know plastered on Lacroix. <laughs> anyway, uh, Tyler, I do think, you have a positive review for us? I do actually. I think uh, sort of mirroring yours, Johnny Olksinski over at the New York Post, the top critic on Rotten Tomatoes, says this movie could easily be called How to End Your Trilogy. Three out of four. What a great review. I know. And his his rating is the number of worthwhile Toy Story films. Ooh. 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 Oh, quite the roast. Ooh. Ooh. It's a call out. <laughs> Blistering. I think, I think, listen, I need a binary review on the hidden world, Isaac. I think it's a solid one for me. Solid one. Absolutely, yeah. You. Couldn't agree more. I'll tell you why. Because I didn't know about the Netflix show. I didn't know about the Cartoon Network show. And Isaac, I hate to tell you this. I don't know that I've even seen the second one. I have. Have you? I, I've watched all three of them in the past probably 27 hours. Mm. Yeah? Was it a good 27 it hours? It was a good 27 hours. <laughs> I watched one, three, two. What did you think of the second one? That was great. They're all great. It gets better every time. And yeah. Isaac might disagree with me on that. I think he's going to. So I seem to remember him saying that the second one was the best one ever. We talked about it. And I'm, I'm curious to see how the third one stacked up for that. But I think they get better as they go on. I am a little hesitant to say that the third one is better than the second one. But... I think it's important to note that each one has different moments that are special on their own. And I think it's just a toss up because the second one for me is just so clearly like this one's so epic that there's a whole war going on. And although there's one, like there's a main villain in the second and third one, I felt the levity of the war so much more in the second one. I like, I like what you're saying with that. Cause yeah, the third one really did feel like there's not much threat from anyone other than the uh, the big bad. Yeah. Well, and that's the other thing too, is that the first two were so clearly defined that the first one is Toothless and Hiccup learning 
to bring their communities together and learn to like accept one another. The second one is all about uh, Hiccup and Toothless becoming leaders of their group. So then the third one becomes less defined when they're searching for new homes. Obviously they go to two different homes, but I still kind of feel like Burke didn't have to be abandoned. So it, it seems like, like more wishy-washy in that one it has a less defined uh, theme i'll agree with you that it felt like uh are we getting into spoilers is that what we're doing i guess i mean who's really gonna watch or listen to this episode that like it's <laughs> well, the third part of a trilogy i'll tell you what we're doing a <laughs> we're doing some spoilers i agree with you isaac i felt like them leaving burke and then just like staying at the first island they got to was a little dissatisfying for me i completely agree that's exactly how I felt about it too. Uh, because especially since they hyped up Burke so much, they were fleshing out Burke. They've explored Burke so much. They've built it up. It's been there for seventh generations, but then they leave it and go to a different island and everyone just accepts it so quickly. Right, because they're Vikings. That's what the Vikings did. That's their whole yeah, thing. I mean, they're, no they're nomadic people. They're nomadic people. Burke is not the island. Burke is the people. It's just like Asgard. It's literally Thor Ragnarok. That's there their was a whole lot thing. Of, mm -hmm. There was a lot of, I mean, I, there was some some great imagery. I'm surprised you went obviously with the with the Norse thing because they're Norse. But uh, to me, it was sort of like the the you know the church is the people, not the building. Was the well, immediate reference? I was going, I, made. I was going for the the movie reference as opposed to the religious reference. In that, literally, the end of Thor Ragnarok, they're like Asgard is not a place; it's a people. Right. So I was but just sticking the with the different third part of a trilogy that. Right. So I, I, I didn't find that dissatisfying at all. I thought that that made total sense. It's like they're on to the next home now. In seven more generations, they'll have another problem that arises and they'll have to move again. Because that's what they that. do. They're, no, they're a nomadic people. And, and, and it doesn't matter where they... Burke is where they are. It's not, it's not the island. It's, it's, it's wherever they call home. Yeah, I'm with that. Because they're a, clearly mm -hmm. a vibrant and, and interesting group of people that have learned how to work together and coexist as a unit better than most civilizations probably ever. True. So, so Ethan, I've got two questions for you. Um, and I'm going to ask them both now so that I don't forget about them later, but you can answer them one at a time. Okay. The first is, how does this movie change you, Ethan Edgehill's opinion about cinematography and animated films? Does it have any impact at all? And the second one I might have already forgotten. <laughs> Definitely. I think that this was one of the first instances in in at least sort of like wait hold on i remember second question is this the greatest animated trilogy of all time get back to the cinematography okay thing. so this is the the first this is the, the first movie i've seen at least in in recent memory as far as western animation goes like american you know sort of our school of thought on the whole animated movie thing that that really sort of uses it does the thing that we always talk about in in other in live action movies is using the camera as a character and that's really mm -hmm. how i felt about this one is it like this looks like a peter jackson movie just animated like it, it it is lord of the rings it's got the the crazy expansive aerial shots and it tells a narrative with two characters that that never speak i thought that was that amazing. can only make like noises <laughs> <laughs> And it tells like, a and they're, compelling they're, they're narrative. They're teaching each other things and they're learning things. And they're, it's this whole beautiful narrative through all this vast expanse. And all you have to work with is clouds, ocean, and facial Like, I could have probably watched, I would say, 45 minutes to an hour of just Toothless and the Light Fury existing together and, and doing their whole thing before I got bored of it. You probably did. No, like straight, all at once. No, that's not. Oh, I see. That's not an hour of an hour and a <laughs> half long movie. 
is not that. It's, it's 110 yeah. minutes, 50, it's an hour and 50 was minutes. Was it really? It's a long huh. movie, yeah. That went by didn't quick. didn't feel like that at all. Compared to the Lego Movie 2, the second part, which felt like it was the longest movie I've ever watched in my life, um, this felt like it went by really quick. So this does then give you a newfound respect for what animators do. Or what animators could do. What animators could do, yeah, for sure. I, I think How to Train Your Dragon, the series, is a testament to how great animation can truly be. And also how great DreamWorks can be, but especially pushing forward the medium. Oh, I agree with you. Just on the DreamWorks thing, there was incredible attention to detail on that, just the character model side of things with, and this is something I noticed throughout the whole thing, because I remembered in the preview, we got to see Hiccup with the beard. And if you watch the movie, I was paying very close attention to it. His like peach fuzz grows yeah. from from beginning to like final scene. Mm -hmm. And then of course there's the final scene with the with the beard. Uh, and that to me, that was like an insane attention to detail. Cause they could have left that out completely and us been none the wiser. Well, so that's a, that was a big thing for the, the Vikings and those kind of people though, is that's when you become a man is when you can grow your beard. Mm -hmm. so, right. So that's and what I he's doing this important. movie. He's, he's finally realizing his destiny. He's becoming the chief that he knew he could always be, even if people don't necessarily always believe in him. Not everybody. Um, and I, he's turning into this this grown person. Well, and the, the other thing is, too, is that when I was saying that there's not a very defined theme in this, I totally realized that, they're totally, that there is a defined theme. And it's that they are, like, becoming full adults, as you said, but then also finding, like, partners outside of their friendship. And they have to realize that they have to go with those individuals as well. Right. H Hiccup has to marry Astrid, which is beautiful. And Toothless has to go with the Light Fury. I liked Bright Fury better. Honestly, I think it was a better name. I'm not going <laughs> to lie to you. When he's like, yeah, yours is better, probably. I was like, it's not. Yeah. Bright, Bright Fury is a way better name. But no, I loved I loved that whole interaction with those with those two, with the with the dragons. Um, mm -hmm. You know, I realized. Can I, vo can I voice a complaint? Yeah. Mm -hmm. I cringed. And I know I was supposed to, but that doesn't make it okay. Every time Tough Nut went on that whole how to be a man, you know, just like this is man talk time. You got to marry the woman. We're going to show you how to be a, an eligible bachelor i was it drove me insane i can understand every time that. justin ruppel's character did that oh i thought it was hilarious did you yeah you laughed oh, audibly God. more than once the, when he came on screen and said the thing i was sitting next to you in the theater i'm just gonna out you real quick you laughed no, that's fine. more listen, than once i'm fine with admitting that i laughed at it but I, listen this is a transition to the next question is this the greatest animated trilogy of all time this holds it back no it doesn't it doesn't. It's supposed no, no, to. That, yeah, yeah, that's, that's the consistent. point, though. Is it's supposed to be cringy. It's supposed to be like, why are we still having these conversations? That kind of thing. Like, why is this the, the accepted standard? That's the thing is like Hiccup is this model for what masculinity means going forward. Right. Is he's well, not the typical man's man. He's not the, the, the guy that Tough Nut thinks he should be, which props on replacing TJ Miller. Great choice. Great choice on <laughs> replacing TJ Miller. Um, proud of you, DreamWorks, for not just steaming ahead with that one. But anyway, um, that's, yeah, that's his whole thing is that like, he's, he's, you know, he's, he's everybody. He's not the, the big, tough Channing Tatum type. Well, and it's also good for like the, the other group, Snotlout, Tough Nut, Rough Nut, and fish legs that they are like consistent throughout the trilogy that they're like aging and growing and becoming more emotionally competent but they're also like still they're joking selves and they have that banter that they've carried on through the first two movies and the entire series like that's kind of what they've been doing for the greater part of it so it makes sense that in this new situation they would keep acting like that and they've kind of kept up that comedic beat for those characters which 
I've always found kind of funny. And it's it's the only parts that feel a little bit DreamWorks to me is when they do those types of like silly, like stupid jokes. But I think it's endearing to when there's so much like darkness going on that I don't mind having those like little moments with them. That, and I thought in this one in particular, the comedic timing on those little bits was done better than in the previous movies. I agree with that. I think that they nailed the writing a little bit better with that because like I did actually laugh. I don't remember exactly what the quote was, but the, like the last time that he said it, when he just kind of appears out of nowhere and it's just like, Hiccup, my, hick, my man, let's talk about it, Hickey. <laughs> And I, I do think, I did think, I, I'll agree with you on this point. I, overall, this was like a small thing that bothered me. And I think that, Isaac, you make excellent points. I just don't think it landed well with me personally. Mm -hmm. uh, well, maybe that means you don't need to learn that lesson, though. That's true. That's true. Or maybe that you do. I did think when Kristen Wiig did the, like, endless, no beat, annoying scene. Did you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. yeah. When Rough Nut is, oh my gosh, that was brilliant. Yeah. That was perfect. Yeah. Where she just is talking and talking and talking and talking. What is the villain's name here? Grimmel. Yeah. Okay. Grimmel. Grimmel. I like that Grimmel is the man who hunted all of the Night Furies. I think that was important that they wrapped up that arc or that, that little teaser that they introduced in the second one. But at the same time, I also didn't feel like he was explored enough. Like I didn't understand why he was doing it other than just for the hunt. Whereas Drago- well, Isaac, you're the guy that knows everything about every character, right? So I got to understand how like, oh, we finally got some new, I don't know everything, crap. <laughs> well, you know, it's I mean, like, but I don't think he, like, he could have just had, like, some other reason for it. Whereas, like, Drago did it, like, created his army so that he could take Dragon's power away from them and to empower humans again because his entire family was destroyed by dragons. I think right. there would have been, it would have been interesting to have some type of compelling reason for him or at least to have someone, I don't know. Like, I just felt like people were hyping up Grimmel so much that he was like a threat that they've never dealt with before. But I was like, what about Drago? What's, it, that's, what's so that's, much worse? That's why he's a threat they've never dealt with before though, because he doesn't have any other motivation. Right, he just wants to watch the world. He's the Joker. Yeah, yeah. he's he's the, the like base human instinct of like, I just want to like kill this thing with my bare hands. He's the caveman instinct. Is he a lawful evil? Chaotic evil. I think that's Chaotic probably just, evil. I think it's probably just me. Like, I really enjoy enjoy when there's like a reason for everything and it's like smooth over like it just makes sense and i think i think you're right that that's what it is that it's like a joker type of character and how to train your dragon which i think is cool but i'm excited to like watch it again and look more in depth into it and try to try to figure them out more oh for sure i'm with you um mm -hmm. and 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 you may find something and that would be great and you may not and that's great i agree and that's the thing is like he he is like you know he's the he's the representation of those people that go to africa and and like you know cut rhino horns off mm -hmm. those kind of guys he's the 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 that sort of embodiment of the truly awful people in the world that just like you know murder animals for sport not like not even like hunting they just like they're poachers and stuff what are you showing us tyler this is just a sweet movie poster i'd never seen for this film oh that is neat that is super neat <laughs> what is that russian yeah so, russia awesome. some some sort of cyrillic language i have no like, great podcasting we got here <laughs> yeah great great <laughs> three dudes look at a movie poster that see. you can't see <laughs> <laughs> and that we got can't even read that we can't even read <laughs> i bet it says dragons Three. I think that's probably a good guess. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, is this the greatest animated trilogy of all time? Yeah. 100%. I think, 
I say yes. I say it. Listen, listen. Toy Story 1, you you get points for what you did for computer animation, okay? You get points for Tom Hanks and Tim Allen with excellent performances. You get points for a well-told story. You lose points for a not-that-good story. Toy Story yeah. 1 is overhyped for how good it how is. To it is. How to Train Your Dragon is not that great. Woody is the villain it is. here. It, it completely destroys how nice he is in 2. Yeah, Woody is the bad guy. He tries to kill Buzz, and then... He like torments a human. Here's here's where I say yes. Okay, so Toy Story three. Oh, hold on. Is there any other contenders? No, hundred percent no. No, not Cars. Not how many <laughs> are there? Um, I well, I haven't seen uh this one of the there's a there's a Miyazaki trilogy, right? I I, I could not comment. Okay, on that. so I do not know either. There's so, there's a Miyazaki trilogy. I'm pretty sure. I read something about that. That this the director of these movies signed on to do the second one only if they let him do a third one and turn it into a trilogy. Um, and he was citing something about Miyazaki having a trilogy and, and citing that. So if there is a Miyazaki trilogy, I, you know, you can't enter a conversation like this without if that's in the realm that I have not seen. Um, so just bear that in mind, people that are listening out, out there, if you exist, going, well, you know, Hayao Miyazaki made X movies, and I'm going to be like, eh, okay, you're, you're right. They're probably phenomenal, but I don't remember what they are. So that's my shortcoming as a movie buff. But as far as, yeah, like like Western animation, absolutely no contenders other than this and Toy Story. I just said a lot of words. Sorry about that. <laughs> well, I, I'm trying to think of other three-part animated... Nothing comes to me. You got Cars. Cars. Yeah. Uh, Lion King. <laughs> Not even close. Uh, no. Uh, there's three Aladdin films. Nope, uh, those aren't contenders. No. Oh, definitely not. Um, there's three yeah. Aladdin gonna, films. Yeah. yeah How many made it to theaters King. though? One. Yeah. That's the that's the difference. Disney is not used to making quality sequels for theatrical release. So. So here's here's my thing. Okay. Okay. Uh, they have the Kung Fu Panda is a three part all oh. all. Uh, I have only seen the first theater. one, and it is not as good as the first one in the series. Uh, Despicable Me has three films. Ooh, no. I have only seen the first one, and it's not as good as the first one in the series. Ice Age has five. Not a trilogy. Shrek. Shrek has four. Shrek, Shrek has four. I've yeah. only seen three. Oh. Kung Fu Panda chapter. is a really good trilogy. Like, I'd say I've it's below that. Toy Story, but each one is similar to, like, uh, How to Train a Dragon, where there's a purpose or something learned for the main character in each one until the third one concludes, and that character has fully grown up. Yeah. Uh, additionally, there's three Hotel Transylvania films. Those are all theatrical release. Uh, three Madagascar films. Only see the first one. Not as good as this first one. Yeah. There is four Lego movie pieces. Uh, Frozen, Wreck-It Ralph, Three Love Pets, Spider-Verse is getting three parts. That will win. Oh, man, those are good. Well, we'll have to see how... I was going to say maybe. Well, the second one <laughs> yeah. holds up. The second one might be awful. They might be completely the out second of ideas. One if, if, if history tells us anything, the third one is the one to watch out for. Uh, yeah. Hey, except for Cars. <laughs> if, oh, I meant with Spider-Man. Oh. Oh, I... I, I thought you just meant, meant trilogies. trilogies. <laughs> yep. Yeah. I was going to say, yeah, I agree with that. Return of the Jedi, you know, not that great. Mm -hmm. Um. No, so for me, the, I, don't, I don't know... I. I don't know whether or not I like Toy Story 3 better than this movie. I'm going to have to suss that out during the this recording process. But I know that, that I like the first one of these movies better than Toy Story 1 by like a, a pretty decent margin when, when I try to eliminate the nostalgia factor of it. I completely agree with that. That How to Train Your Dragon 2, Toy Story 2, those are very difficult to decide. And the same for the third Hidden World and Toy Story 3. Those are difficult decisions. But... If those are two but, equal ones, How to Train Your Dragon 1 
is a much more compelling and intriguing story than Toy Story 1 is. Yeah, I mean, it's un- unbelievable to me how much, how good How to Train Your Dragon 1 was. It just, it f- literally flew under the radar. Like, I remember seeing it, I think I saw it in theaters, maybe on a date or something, I don't know. Because this is before I was like a, a film buff or anything. I just went to the movies because I like to go to the movies because it was a thing to do. And I remember seeing it and being like, holy crap, this is very good. I realized that How to Train Your Dragon 1 was amazing when Hiccup first rides Toothless. And that, it took me, blew me away completely. And I knew that this was going to be something that was going to hold up. That was something special in and of itself. And then you watch the second one and it blows your mind again. But because there's always, I always feel like there's a definitive moment when I watch a movie, when I realize it's going to be amazing or it's going to be well received. Like in Frozen, first watching Let It Go for the first time before hearing it on the radio or anything like that. Oh, when I yeah, first that saw that huge. in theaters, I was like, this is something completely different that Disney's never done. This is going to resonate. This is this is going to be huge. This is going to be. I remember feeling that way as well. Uh, I'm trying to think of other examples of that. Rafiki holds Simba up to the Pride Lands. Mm-hmm. That's a big moment. It's like three seconds in. <laughs> Where is it going to go from here? Right. Honestly, and, and honestly, honestly, though, that's sort of the problem I have with Lion King, isn't it? It what? sort of climaxes in the first minute. Oh, yeah. Uh, until My you get problem- the wildebeest. My, I mean, but yeah. wait, either my, way, either way, m- m- how many, how long in the movie does Mufasa die? Uh, like 10, 20 minutes. Exactly. Okay. Moving on. That, I, I rest okay. my case. Here's, I'm going to tuck my, my tuck my cell phone case into bed. I rest my case. Listen, people have made the argument against this for Lion King and I, I, I'm not, I'm not here to take Lion King away from you. I, I love the movie. Okay. Listener. I do. My, my biggest problem with Lion King is Simba being gone for as long as he is. And then like Scar being a bad leader and like because the hyenas are in charge it doesn't rain anymore it's just like a weird mystical scars poor leadership leads to bad weather i don't know that bothers me a lot more than it should um the thing i don't know that always bothers me with the lion king is that when scar starts confronting simba and then none of the lionesses defend simba at all that they just automatically agree with the ruler who's making them all starve instead of believing Simba. And I'm I'm always baffled by that. But, and I understand your arguments. You're going to have to get a l- little more geopolitical with that one if you want to understand why they uh, <laughs> don't, why they just automatically agree with the leader. I think there's a little bit of like slightly post-war, com- or post-Cold War commentary that you might be missing there. Just a little bit. <laughs> uh, yeah. Probably. But that's not okay. Your commentary needs to be timeless if you're going to be lying. Uh, anyway, Isaac, you, were, you said but, so you say you hear the arguments. Yes. What did follow up? But I think it's important to, I don't know. I still really enjoy the film as a whole. I still feel the epic nature of the story and I still enjoy the story, but I acknowledge that it's not a perfect film. There's definitely plot points that don't make sense and make Simba's character weaker because of it. Yes. Same. Um. I, yeah, I, I feel like I, I love Lion King. I really yeah, do I, I too. It's a very good movie. But for me, like that home. most of the things, most of the things I remember from that movie happen in like the first 30 minutes. Like yeah, the they're, act, they're mostly kid Simba. As well as- yeah, that makes sense. All, um, but for me, I have been getting into like, I listen to a lot of the scores sometimes of movies that I really get into. So I listen to uh, King of Pride Rock, which is the final theme when Simba climbs up the uh, Pride Rock and roars again. And that, that gives me chills every time. So I flip out over that. But I understand why young Simba sticks with you the most. Thank you for uh, for 
slamming me back into my next point. Uh, the the music in all three of these movies is absolutely fantastic. Oh my yes. god! It uh, is it is underrated as far as movie scores go. People like to talk a lot about, especially animated movie scores recently. Um, this th- these are underrated movie scores. Oh, like that's absolutely true. Uh, you know, I've never even heard of the guy that did this. Who did do it? I don't is even it know. the same John guy Powell? All? Is it? He, did he do all three of them? Yeah. Yeah, I had never heard of that guy until this moment. I think you've played John Powell. It's entirely if, possible. If he does a lot of DreamWorks movies. You gotta go and listen to Test Flight and listen to it on repeat. That That is the jam that always gets me. That and Romantic Flight. Those are two jams from the original that stay through as themes throughout the rest of them. John Pell does, like, all of the DreamWorks movies. And he did Solo. Did he? Yeah. Oh, Solo was really good. Yeah, except for that, except for that weird, that weird like, meta part where they played the Imperial March in a, like, propaganda film. Yeah, that was a little weird. <laughs> that... Uh, that's he actually did. established in the cartoons as well, so... Is it? Yeah. I don't watch any of the cartoons. <laughs> he did freaking The Road to El Dorado. That song, or that that's... that that soundtrack slapped. El Dorado. That's, that's, that's the Elton John score that I'm here for, okay? <laughs> that's the one that gets me. Like, I get Lion King. I get Circle of Life and whatever, but, like, when I think about, like, when I think about Elton John... In animated movies from the late 90s, early 2000s, I think about The Road to El Dorado, and I'm not ashamed to admit it. When I think John Powell in the early 2000s, the first thing I think of is Agent Cody Banks. I think of Face Off. <laughs> he did both of those? Yeah, he did Face Off. I remember seeing he did Agent Rat Cody Race. Banks at Family Video. He did The Born Identity. Yeah, and he did Solo, Star He did The Wars. Italian Job. What? Who is this guy? He's a big dude. He did just the third X-Men movie. Last Stand. Last Stand is underrated. I said it. Listen, I'm with there's it. a lot of hate for this movie. He also did Kung Fu Panda 2, but not one or three. Anyway, John Powell snapped on this one. These were good scores. I guess the second or the first one did get nominated for Best Original Score, so they might not be underrated. They might be rated. Adequately rated. Adequately rated. This is something Walt Disney was really adamant about when he created Snow White and his animated shorts before it was to have music that you could listen to after you watched the movie so that it would remain in your mind for much longer after you see it. And that way you can sell more toys. Well, sure, (laughs) sure. I mean, that's part of it, but I think that's something that goes underlooked, especially in non-musicals, where I... I still have Hard to Train Your Dragon music in my Disney playlist. Where, Do you really? Yeah, I'm willing. I'm willing to corrupt it a little bit for that in Greatest Showman. So, <laughs> so having those like those songs are so impactful and emotional, and I think that's important to have in, because they're they're just so iconic now, and you connect to them so much, and they're they're so memorable compared to other scores. Yeah, I, I would agree with that wholeheartedly. John Powell did um, Drumline. I you remember Ethan, he did Shrek. We went, we went to a what a, a PWI. Yeah, and and we went to a, a the same thing, but for high school basically. Uh, the HBCUs understand Drumline. Yeah. The PWIs. Yeah, do that not. thing they did in Drumline actually happens every year. It's called the Honda Battle of the Bands. Yeah. Every it's year. Real. Yeah, it's real. <laughs> and it's exactly it's like exactly that. It's exactly like that. Anyway, we're not here to talk about Drumline. That's for a different day. Back to school <laughs> 2K19. We talk about Drumline. Yeah, I could do that for Back to School 2019. We've got a few. We've promised. We've promised it. like 11 movies for Back to School 2K19 already. It's a it's a long series. Okay. <laughs> 
There's some great school movies. Because we did it I last year. We did day. it last year. People were like, how did you not put this movie in there? And we're like, how did we not put this movie in there? I, I, did we not put this movie? We did freaking, <laughs> what was the one we did? Not Sierra Burgess's Loser, but the other one? Yeah, we did. Uh, uh, to All the Boys I've Loved to Before. To All the Boys I've Loved Before, yeah. And I got a DM the other day on Instagram. Somebody was like, you guys should do a few. Ethan likes uh, older films and more avant-garde films. You guys should do uh, Perks of Being a Wallflower. And I was like, we already did. We already did. It's a great movie. I also like art films. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why you're DMing me if you're going for Ethan's suggestion. <laughs> uh, fair enough. So, did we land on is this the best animated trilogy? Listen, I, si li I, si listen, I say yes, hard stance, but I, I see your opinion otherwise. Well, here's the thing, though, is in... Tetralogy! In Toy Story yeah, in four months, it won't matter anyway. Yeah, this would be undisputed. Yeah, Undis as soon as Toy Story 4 comes out, this will be the undisputed best trilogy, because this is going to remain a trilogy. Hopefully. Yeah, Hopefully. I, it has to. Yeah. The only thing that I would want to come out of How to Train Your Dragon is another Netflix series that expands what happens between 2 and 3. Because there's fine. a few That's villains fine. that, like, the people that took over after Drago, I'm so fascinated to see who they are. I'd love to know who they are. So there's certain things like that I'd like to see. They were all worthless, but, though. Oh, 100%. Yeah, just absolutely absolutely worthless. <laughs> Mm -hmm. Like they would have never taken over Burke. No, Burke. Yeah, the Isle of Burke. Have you Have you read the uh, the books, Isaac? I have not. I haven't dived too much into that at all. Okay, so the books, it's like it's very clearly a loose adaptation. Like the book is a completely different story. The, mm -hmm. the names are similar, uh, but other than that, n nothing. Yeah, the first mm -hmm. book is about like Hiccup going through the ritual of finding and claiming his dragon. Yeah, like they, it, they Burke is a society already of pro dragon, dragon riders. Mm. But there's a lot of it, there's there's one thing in the books that I think would be a valuable resource for you is that Hiccup is writing the book how to train your dragon and he's got like note sheets that have like this dragon you, you know in the first one when fish legs is like uh uh, uh, I can't remember any of the dragons called, but it's like plus five agility, plus three heads. Oh yeah, yeah. So Hiccup is writing that book mm. in in the first book. So he's got like stat sheets for all these dragons. Uh, anyway, David Tennant reads them, and they're on YouTube for free, and they're Ooh. amazing to fall asleep to. <laughs> that was the original ASMR right there. That was yeah. <laughs> that was what put me to bed every night for like two years in college. <laughs> Accurate, accurate. David Tennant reading that. The island of Berk. The island of Berk. A commoner garden dragon. This is Berk's son. Yes. And I like that, like, the farther into the movie they got, the more that accent started coming out of Hiccup. That, like, it's something you grow into, I guess, as you become an older <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> citizen of Berk. Because in the first one, he's like, this is Berk. Oh, hi, oh, Dad. Berk. Hi, Dad. And Dad's like, Hiccup, you're you such a disappointment as my son. <laughs> Hiccup horrendous haddock the third. Can't believe you're a traitor. You joined in with the dragons. You're no son of mine. Dad, if you just listen to me, I swear. <laughs> you just gestured to like all of me. <laughs> okay, minor complaint with the first one. I don't want to get too graphic here. Mom's breastplate wouldn't be that big. No, definitely after after she was introduced Velka as yeah. well. Yeah. yeah, you're like, whoa, <laughs> whoa, wait a minute. That's not what I was thinking was gonna happen here. Mm -mm. Yeah, no. Effective use of flashbacks in 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 How to Train Your Dragon Three. Uh, you know, it kept the father's original motivations of like, there's a land where the dragons exist, and if we uh, find it, then they won't attack Berk anymore. And like, that was good because it was. I, I was afraid they were gonna be like, oh yeah, Mister Haddock this Junior was a 
big old fan of the dragons when he was a young man. But you no, know, he was like his whole existence was to to stop them, and that was that was a good continuity. Name's Hiccup. Mister Haddock was my father. <laughs> That's the thing I love about Stoic. I think Stoic's character is, like, amazing. I think he's so good that he, like, is able to conflict with Hiccup while still being able to completely understand where he comes from. And his whole motivation in the second one is so good. I think he's he's got one of the best, like, characters, character developments. Like, I think he's one of the, a great example of an animated father. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. He He's a father in the way that Mr. Incredible could never be. Oh, we're throwing I'll say it. Pixar today, but okay, but that's, that's what this whole that's what this whole third sticks. movie was though. They're like, oh, they're gonna put Toy Story four out. We're gonna put How to Train Your Dragon three out, and we're coming for blood, Pixar. <laughs> we're coming for who's, your throat. Who's ready to fight for best animated picture this year? Right, we put up the Dukes. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> what studio is gonna take it? Oh my gosh, do you think this? That's a good question. We Oscars just happened. Disney uh, didn't win. Well done. Well done, Spider Verse. Yeah, Disney didn't win. First first win for a non Disney in like fourteen years. Yeah. Yeah. Which I was uh, completely okay with. I know I'm a huge Disney guy. Disney is the most magical company on earth, everyone. But I don't think they released the best animated picture this year by far. I think Wreck-It yeah. Ralph 2 and Incredibles 2 were very shallow, especially compared to Enter the Spider-Verse. Yeah, that was that was my thing. As I said this about a couple different movies going into Oscar season, where like when when uh, Bohemian Rhapsody won Best Picture of the Golden Globes and then got nominated for Best Picture of the Oscars, I was like, okay, if Bohemian Rhapsody was the best picture of 2018, we just need to wipe 2018 off the books and go do it again. We did it wrong, and we should be ashamed of ourselves. It's like, it's a very good movie. There's no way that was the best movie that came out all year. There's no way. Mm-hmm. And if- Can I tell you just some real quick? Oscar talk. I have not seen Green Book. I intend to see it. I haven't seen it. Uh, but when it came to, I also haven't seen Roma. I did see Spider-Verse. Totally deserved best animated film by, by like a mile. That might be the best animated movie to have come out in the past. I'm trying to think. Right. And that's my thing is like, I haven't even seen Spider-Verse. I knew it was the best animated picture just by, based on the way people talk about it. Like, oh man, on the, 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 you know, the movement it inspired in people. So I'm excited to see it when it finally, right. I think I'll be able to, to power through it on the small screen. Um, um, so that was amazing. And then every scene they showed from Roma during like the nominations. And every time I've, I've looked at a TV while Roma is on is the most beautiful shot in the history oh yeah of absolutely oh my god it just it that movie is amazing it, and that that movie let the rest of the world and the rest of the studios know that like netflix is a contender and alfonso Cuaron is not to be messed right, like with. they got you know they had multiple movies nominated for for oscars this year they got alfonso Cuaron and the coen brothers to direct movies for him so like they're 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 out there you know doing the thing but yeah uh i i think roma deserved the win i've i have watched it um very recently and it is it is an incredible movie but there was no way that a black and white spanish language netflix movie was going to win best picture this year well it won best foreign language film yeah but like there was no way it was going to win like the normal best picture the, the world's not ready for that yet well there was at least three films that tackled a very similar theme in the best picture category yeah and i, and I think one of those three was going to win yeah mm-hmm. and one did anyway so I'm curious to see how this year shakes out because we've got some pretty, unlike last year where Disney put up a pretty weak front comparatively. Um, mm-hmm. You know, we've got we've got this Frozen this, 2, Frozen 2, and Toy Story 4. Toy Story 4. Yeah, Lion King remake should probably count. Tbh. 
I'm just going to come out and say it. it that's not it that's won't. not live action. No, I'm yeah, sorry. Yeah, that's not live action. Out. Yeah, but like it's not. There's no there's no animals in it. Oh, yeah, I, but they yeah. they shot it in real places. Right, but it's there's no animals in it. Like they just went out there with a drone and we're like we're going to make a movie now. <laughs> I hope this turns I out think, when we I, put I, everything I mean, in it. Either, John Favreau obviously deserves. Either that or it was Andy Serkis running around being like like being a lion. <laughs> And then being everything. Yeah, else. it's just it's just John Favreau and Andy Serkis out in the desert in the Serengeti. <laughs> like, Does, I really hope Bob we come Iger up with something good there. Under a tent is just like, yeah. oh man, we're gonna make so much money off this. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, let's see. Just looking at animated films. Uh, if you Google animated movies, 2019 Lion King 2019 shows up. <clears throat> uh, let's see. So does a lot. Well, and I mean, this might be the year where we get a conversation of like, where does CGI stop? You know, when does it start becoming animation? I think, listen, here's the animated films coming out this year. I don't know if like a movie two will get an Oscar nod, but you've got uh, we, how to train it, a dragon. It certainly. I mean, I, I think it'll get a nomination. There's not that many, like, well, it's not, there's not that many heavy hitters that come out. Like unless there's foreign, films or something yeah. like that. Yeah, there's not that it's not entirely animated either. There's there's live action scenes. Uh, That's true. Secret Life of Pets 2. I think I think you've got a small dark horse with that. Uh it could be great. Who knows? Toy Story 4 obviously going to get nominated. Frozen 2 obviously going to get nominated. Uh Spies in Disguise, I don't know anything about that. Wonder Park, Ugly Dolls, Angry Birds 2, <laughs> Missing Link. Uh, Missing Link stands a shot to actually be pretty good. I I've heard there's good people involved on the creative side of it, so that's that gives me hope. It's got a good cast. Sonic the Hedgehog. I've got a Adam's family. Really big interest in Ugly Dolls. I've really liked the theme song of the trailer so far. I think it looks really fun. Looks like a guilty pleasure, like Trolls was for me. Interesting. I loved Trolls. Uh, I'll tell you what, I'm not. I, I do ugly... not want to see Wonder Park. <laughs> oh, 100. percent At no point oh has Wonder God, Park no. sold me on going to see that movie. Every time I'm like. <laughs> This is like good. You good try, Nickelodeon. You're you're you're, you're out there doing the thing, guys. Make another Jimmy Neutron or something. Yeah, seriously. Please. Like, <laughs> how about you stick uh, to what you're good? Stay in your lane, buddy. Mm-hmm. Um, Ugly dolls. I, I've I never. Heard I don't know. It it looks like it could either be great or it could not be great. I have no idea. There is a. Daniel Radcliffe, Adam Lambert, Jim Gaffigan, Megan Trainer movie uh, shot on a seventy-five million dollar budget, one hundred and ten minutes long. Playmobil the movie? Yes. What? Oh, I think I did hear about that actually. Comes out August seventh. What? I remember what seeing that is somewhere. This? Oh my the computer god! Like Lego movie. I might have. Yeah, they're just going after the Lego movie with Daniel Radcliffe. What, what is this? Oh golly. I had some Playmobiles. I never did. I had a couple. It looks like this one character just screams the entire movie. Every shot, the, the, the woman that's on this horse, every shot is her screaming. You're seeing different pictures than I am. I don't see a woman on a horse. This looks terrible. Yeah. Um, anyway. Who wrote it? Who wrote it? Blaze Hemingway. Not Miller and Lord. <laughs> Not Miller and Lord, no. Uh, known for writing Playmobil the movie. Okay, so that... <laughs> Look at this picture. <laughs> oh. I've got like. Hold on. I've got like. He also is announced to be writing Settlers of Catan. The movie? The movie? The movie. Oh, God. That's going to be as bad as Battleship the movie. Oh, Maybe. Lord. Lord save us, college kids. Anyway. No, but Disney. Disney. This is going to be one of the biggest years yet. Like, they're going to yeah. break studio records 100%. I've been waiting for 2019, probably since the last D23 in 2017. Well, okay. This year is going to be insane. So they've got Frozen 2. They've got. Toy yep. Story 4, they've got Avengers Endgame, they've got the 
last probably ever Star Wars movie. Yep. No, there's a Ryan Johnson. It's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. There's no way. I've seen I've seen reports all day that it's There's happening. no way it's going to happen. Anyway, it's going to be the last In- like proper Star <laughs> Wars movie. Like this the mm-hmm. Disney's got it the cut out for them this year. John Favreau has a Disney Plus series about oh, and Star they've got Wars Aladdin and out. they've got Lion King. How did I forget that? Yeah, this yeah, is a yeah. this also is a Dumbo. Big year. They'll just make a few few bucks on the Dumbo, side along yeah. with Captain Marvel. Uh, oh my god, you're forgetting so many things. And the new Spider Man. They've got a movie coming out every month, don't they? Uh, From yeah, here on out, yeah. Okay, it's I'm I'm booked. You know, I I've got tons of movies to go to. So. Yeah, they've got a movie coming out every month for the rest of the year, don't they? March uh, End Games I don't in think April, September, right? October. I can look at my huh. That's a bunch of movies. When does Dumbo come out? March. Mar- oh uh, wow, that's I thought that was the last I, one. Because Aladdin comes out in May. Schedule. Um, yeah, Captain Marvel's beginning of March. Uh, Dumbo's March. End of March, then Avengers, uh, Descendants, oh, if everyone's interested. I'm oh, very God. excited for that. That's going to crush Disney Channel. <laughs> Endgame is April 26th, and then mm-hmm. uh, Aladdin comes out in March. I mean, May. Yeah. Um, June is Toy Story. July is Spider-Man. July is also Lion King. August is Artemis Fowl. Is that Disney? Gonna, is that Disney? Yeah, it's gonna be, uh, that's going to be like a wrinkle in time, I'm thinking. That's going to be awful, yeah. There's yeah, no way it's good. That, yeah. that book cannot be made into a movie. It's not possible. And then September, October, we have off, and then... Frozen 2, Star Wars Episode 9. Disney is going to make like a billion every month just off the films. Yeah, basically. It's going to be insane. Yep, yep. That's a big year. That's a big year. Oh, yeah. That's a big year. Man, you know they went to the table with DreamWorks and were like, DreamWorks was like, okay, when can we, when can we put Chow to Train Your Dragon? February <laughs> or September. Right. They were, they when were are like, we not going to get Disney, stomped? We, we get it. Like, it's fine. Do what you're going to do. We're going to put Let out at least a solid contender this year. <laughs> Let us put this movie out. DreamWorks doesn't make anything anymore. No. Uh, part well, of their problem by is that... Universal now. Yeah. Yeah. Illuminations, yeah. the CEO of Illuminations controls uh, DreamWorks now. Yeah. So it's it's all a Comcast company now. So we'll see if anything great comes out of it in the next few years as well. Hopefully this same team can just keep working on stuff. But I didn't see any minions in this movie. I thought that was a weird, uh, weird flex on their part. But... <laughs> I hope that they leave the minions out of movies that aren't minions forever. <laughs> yeah, I agree with minions that. Minions are so easy to sell. Listen, Ethan, I don't know where you were when the first Despicable Me came out. Probably not watching animated cinema. When I saw I wasn't that watching movie, kids' movies, I'll tell you that much. I, <laughs> when I saw that movie, I was in on the minion. The first time I saw a minion, mm. I was like, this is going to ruin everything. I knew instantly. <laughs> I knew instantly. It's like how you guys felt about Let It Go, but like the opposite. I was like, this is going to be the thing that breaks the world. <laughs> Facebook moms everywhere are oh going to retweet this. Yes. And it's oh just gone God. full circle and back so many times to the point where like we've got like depressed kids making depressed kid minion memes. <laughs> Like, oh my god. I'm so ready for the minion thing to be done. Just done. Okay, I've got a few more I, I, thoughts go, about How get, to Train Your Dragon. Hit him, man. Go for All it. All right, How to Train Your Dragon wrapped up so many points and so many little bits that were established outside of the films that came full circle. Like, Toothless's tail, that was actually created in a Christmas special and was designed by Hicka, but he gave it to Toothless and Toothless didn't want it because he wanted to always ride with Hicka. But then, and that's why they, and they even talk about it a little bit that Astrid mentioned it. Yeah, I was that wondering about that. That he already made it before. Yeah, so this was something created like pre uh, How to Train Your Dragon 2 in a Christmas special. And then now it came full circle that it was like the same design, only painted black. It was beautiful um there's other things too like their dragon scaled armor that they explained it away that like dragons shed uh, 
there's other there's other little things like that that I just like appreciated that they explained that there was some thought put into everything that was created for this universe. I feel like that's an excellent point, Isaac, because I feel like when, you know, the leadership team on Star Wars sat down and they were like, okay, there's a lot of books. Do we reference them or no? And they were like, nope, forget the books. Hard yeet. Self-contained, hard yeet on the books, self-contained story. And it's sort of, they've, they've sort of made the How to Train a Dragon move with Solo. Uh, because there was a lot of books and TV shows that happened, and then all of a sudden there's this huge solo cameo of a character that otherwise, if you only watched the films, you would have no reason to think isn't dead. Mm -hmm. You know, and you've got the same thing with the MCU, where it's like, yeah, Daredevil's part of the MCU, but is he? Nope. No. And so is Ghost Rider, and so is... Uh, the Punisher, you know, the, yeah. And the Punisher and all those. And it's like, like Ghost Rider, that's a perfectly good creature uh, character to you bring in to fight Thanos. That's like a proper hero with, like, big-time powers, who I'm pretty sure has killed Thanos before. But when we bring him into the MCU, we're not going to do it. So I like what you're saying about How to Train a Dragon. I like... I'm with you. I think the continuity from show to movie, you know, the giving credit to all parts of the canon in the largest parts of the canon is is important mm -hmm. and that's something else that was great about this trilogy is that each story is self-contained where you don't need to consume any of the other media surrounding it but it only will enhance seeing the movies and yes just like you said that you might not have even seen how to train your dragon 2 but you can fully appreciate seeing how to train your dragon 3 without seeing those previous films because they explain enough to get everyone caught up but don't overdo it i think they captured that balance perfectly yeah they did the they definitely did the harry potter thing in all of these movies where like it starts with hiccup being like this is burke you know let's yeah. let's talk mm -hmm. about where burke is at right now in time let's give you a little basis because every harry potter book it's just like harry potter was a boy that was almost killed by voldemort there are harry potter books yeah seven of them <laughs> one less than movies That's i crazy. i just recently watched them all actually did you? Yeah. <laughs> Were the movies any good? <laughs> oh, they're fine. <laughs> Depends on who you ask. <laughs> yeah. Depends on what kind of mood you got me in, honestly. There are some days where I wake up and I'm just like, mm, Good morning! Chamber of Secrets is a travesty! <laughs> Here's the truth. Somebody the other day on Twitter, I retweeted it. It was like, it was like, uh, say the worst thing about Star Wars or something. And they quote tweeted it and said the fandom. And I retweeted that. I almost think I dislike the Harry Potter fandom more. Ooh. Ooh. Let's, let's hear a little bit more about that. that. I am definitely interested to hear what you have to think about that. Listen, the Star Wars fandom is like coming around. Like there was like a huge contingency that was like, Last Jedi was great. And then they were like, actually, Fortnite this movie. And then and then now they're all coming back around and being like, wait a minute, why do we all hate this? This is awesome. That scene with the Praetorian Guards is insane. Very cool. Very cool. Why do we all hate Rose? Why? Why? She's not that bad. She, I mean, like, whatever, you know? We were all mean to her on Instagram. Probably shouldn't have been. We probably shouldn't have done that. She's just a person. She didn't even write the story, you know? Yeah, that but, was horrible. But but they saved Finn. They saved Finn. This is a part two of three parts. I'm a big fan of Star Wars again. I also just freaking love Star Wars. I don't, I don't even, like, watch the films that often, but sometimes I'll catch myself sitting there just crying, thinking about when I first saw The Force Awakens, and I heard the fanfare, and I just, like, sobbed openly in the theater, and I revisit that experience regularly uh 
the Harry Potter fandom, I don't know. They just, they don't know what to do with J.K. Rowling and her, like, Twitter obsession being like, oh, she yeah, has by to the stop way, the, is G- the thing. She has to stop. She, she has must to be. Brother should restrain she her. must be stopped. <laughs> she must be. I loved, she has I loved be. the tweet it went around that was like, you wake up Freaky Friday style in J.K. Rowling's body. For one day, you get to use her Twitter. What are you <laughs> tweeting? <laughs> that was the most creative thing that I've ever seen come out of Twitter in a long time where people were just like making up these random facts they would absolutely assert about the Harry Potter universe. That's perfect. That's perfect. That's what I need in Harry Potter. It's just, it was like, like the starting problem. with the inclusion of Neville Longbottom as Hogwarts headmaster, like every teacher has to dab when exiting a classroom. <laughs> <laughs> but there was like a conversation I was having today in the Harry Potter fandom that was about like about Ravenclaw and the only Ravenclaw claws in the movies are like in the end of the books are these really quirky and interesting characters and everybody in the fandom talks about like oh ravenclaws are bookworms that are super smart and valedictorian types like when is that the case with any character in the book You've got Gilderoy Lockhart, who's super quirky and good at one thing. You have Luna Lovegood, who is super quirky. Super quirky. You have, like, Professor Quirrell, who is, like, stuttering and oddly good at putting faces on the back of his head. The Harry Potter fandom is afraid of nerds, is the problem. Because they're afraid to normalize (laughs) nerds, is the problem. (laughs) They're afraid to look at themselves in the mirror and go, I'm a nerd, and I am proud. We are not all Madame Trelawney. They, we, we can't be. Madame they Trelawney. see Ravenclaw as a threat. Uh, and it's just like, I also, I cannot stand almost any conversation about houses. I'm okay with people sorting characters and stuff into houses. I think that's fun. I think you got, you got a good time with that. But when you start getting like offended because somebody's like, Oh, I really thought of you more as like a Hufflepuff. It's like, they're just trying to be mean. They're just, they're just talking to you. They're just telling you something. I don't know. I, uh, the thing is, I've is because get you, like, you've got a lot of people. you got a lot of people that were like obsessing over their, their astrological signs and stuff like that. And then you, you offer them this option to categorize themselves <laughs> in a way that like everybody can understand. So you're like... Oh, total Pisces move. I'm just like, what does that mean? So, something's mm. fishy here. But when they're like, <laughs> when somebody's like, when somebody's like, oh, you're such a oh! Hufflepuff. I'm like, oh, ouch. You're such a loyal, good friend. Right, but like nobody wants to be Hufflepuff. Uh, I'm Puff proud. I think that's probably one of the most interesting things about the Harry Potter fandom is that there's just so many people that are so committed to it. And then they're so committed to it online. And that's something yes. I think that's so unique about them because they're all like in their 20s and 30s now. Like they're they're the social media individuals. So they're constantly getting into discussions about it very vociferously online. And can I say can I say one thing about the standum, the Harry Potter stand Sean Pikedom? Listen, I know that you love the book. I know that you've read them a hundred times. I know that you love the movies and you watch them every weekend. I'm I'm with but that does not equal high reading comprehension. Yeah, it also doesn't make you a film buff. No, it doesn't. Although we can talk about Prisoner of Azkaban for days. Ha ha snug it in. Okay. Just say the thing, Tyler. Say it. You know, this movie, it's just like the, the, the the camera is a character. It reminds me a lot of Prisoner of Azkaban. <laughs> you would love Roma. Oh my god. Every clip from Roma I've seen is You would love Roma. Perfect. He is so smart. The, the camera should be the top build character in that movie. Oh my god. Anyway, yeah. He's so We're good. not here to talk about and, and diss on the Harry Potter fandom. No, I... I love Harry Potter. I- I'm excited to read it again. I haven't read since last year. I'm going to wait, I think, until April or May 
at the earliest to revisit. I listened to all of them twice last year, which is too much. Whoa. A little burnt out? Yeah. <laughs> That's a lot. Yeah. And we covered the movies on the show right after I read, listened to them for the first time. And then I listened to them again right before we went to Harry Potter World. And I'm, I'm a little burnt out on Harry Potter. I don't. I kind of like just shy away from Harry Potter discussions at this point because I'm just like, ugh. <laughs> I'll come back eventually. Hold on, I think I had I think I had one more thing to say about Harry Potter. I think I did. Just one more. Okay. Why? Oh, never mind. No, I didn't. What? I kind of have a thought, actually. Yeah, no, go for it. I okay. just said okay. I don't enjoy that I find that there's a lot of Harry Potter fans who are really, really critical if you don't enjoy Harry Potter. And I'm not a huge fan fan of that. I don't like that type of negativity because I don't super connect with it. And I don't like that it's like expected that everyone's supposed to enjoy it. I'm with you there. Yeah, I don't I don't think it is for everybody. I think uh there's several fandoms that are this way. I know Star Wars is the same way. Because I'm Star always Wars like, is for you everybody. Understand. Yeah, Star Wars <laughs> is the <laughs> that's not even that's not even journey. the one I was looking at. I was about to come for the head of Lord of the Rings people right here. <laughs> Oh man, that's the other Trimmed one. I was like, oh, you don't, you, don't, you, don't, you don't think Lord of the Rings is the, is the best movies ever made? Like, I don't even have anything to say to you, man. Like, which, we're not even talking the same language, bro. Like, <laughs> I'm speaking Elvish right yeah. now. <laughs> Lord of the Lord of the Rings is. And I'm sitting a, here listening a, to like 17 hour club mix of they're taking the hobbits to Isengard. <laughs> <laughs> Just like yeah, dude, I totally get this. Uh, uh, Although I did uh, watch a clip from that movie earlier today, uh, and now I just want to watch all those movies again. Oh, last Harry Potter point. Harry's mm -hmm. the best character in Harry Potter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's the most like. <laughs> yeah, I'm tired of having that conversation. Most, uh, he's the, why do we? They're about him for a reason. Why do I have to have this discussion? Because everybody wants to feel like their opinion is like different and like woke because they love Luna Lundgren. Right, I right, get it. I get it. She's quirky and interesting. So is Xenophilius. And Malfoy is like the bad guy, but then in the end, he like decides to not be that bad of a guy. But like what Harry Potter is what? the most interesting and compelling character What if Xenophilius Lovegood was Potter? just like a normal guy? Just like totally straight-laced minister <laughs> of magic guy. Like a company yeah, man? Yeah, like a like company man, guy? yeah. Named Xenophilius. <laughs> Literally name I mean, means that's... guy that loves strange things. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Harry's the most compelling character in Harry Potter. I don't want to have to have this argument. Who's the most compelling character in How to Train Your Dragon 3? Hiccup. No. I'd say it's probably Toothless. Hiccup, but... Toothless. Toothless. <laughs> Toothless. Hiccup or Toothless? Um, mm -hmm. I like Toothless the most, so I'm a little biased in that respect. What do you think about the fact that they... Hold on. I'm going to get back to How to Train Your Dragon talk, but we're actually going to tangent into some segments because we've got to get to our money zone where I bring in a new segment. But before we get to the money zone with a new segment, Ethan said that he has some, some toothpaste and orange juice. We did it last week with a guest. Isaac, is anything put a bad taste in your mouth this week? Ooh, like Other from than the Harry Potter fandom. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, not from How to Train Your Dragon. Dragon. How to Train Your Dragon. Oh, yeah. Everyone always comments about that. Dragon. They're I like, love it. You say it kind of weird. Dragon. And, and I've tried As to be like, the movie doesn't have dragon. an accent. And you're just like, dragon. I say a lot of How things you... weird <laughs> like, compared to you. It's, it's the, yeah. It's like, right, isn't it supposed to be dragon? How to train your dragon? Dragon. Dragon? Dragon. 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 If you're dragon. saying it like an American. Oh, yeah, that's what dragon. it is. Dragon. 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 There it is. You had it. No, you had it. Dragon. Nope, that's an O. Yeah. You need like a A. Ah. Dragon. Dragon. Oh, yeah. It's dragon. Like, grit. There it is. Dragon. <laughs> oh, yeah, it's like, oh, yeah, What? Well, look at me. I'm dragging my coat across the floor. Like, yes! <laughs> I'm like... That's how I always have to, like, think about it. I try to, like, think of that before I record it, and I'm like, forget it. I want to go to, like, a summer camp in Wisconsin and have people sing that Little Red Wagon song. 
<laughs> little red wagon. <laughs> you got to take your bag. Oh, yeah. I, I, yep, I've got my bags in my car. Is that... <laughs> bag. Yeah, bag. Cl- close it up. Uh, Ethan said at least he has one. I don't have anything. Uh, uh, the way the segment works, Isaac, is we just loudly complain about something. Uh, I don't know. You've listened to this show. You know how the segment works. Mm-hmm. Uh, that put a bad taste in your mouth. Okay. I The only thing that I can think about over this week that I was frustrated okay. doing. You have it? Is it in your yeah. head? Do you have one, Tyler? Can you distill it? Into... Y- you got to have one. There's, you definitely have one. Oh. Yeah. Okay. One. Let's do it. Let's do it. Tyler's going to count All us right, down. So what I'll do is I'll, I'll, I'll count down. Three, two, one, go. Only instead of saying go, we'll say the thing. Okay. All right. Glad we're all on the same page. Count us down, Tyler. Uh, three, two, one. Bose QC35 wireless. What, Ethan? Yes. I'm going to complain about the Bose QC35 wireless, but I want to hear Isaac's first. Okay. So I'm I'm not a huge guy about like complaining. You know, it's not. I don't like to do that a ton on the internet, but I, my big annoyance this week was homework. I on Sunday night I had a lot of things that I had to do throughout the day for homework wise and I was getting really frustrated with it. I've got all these ideas that I want to do for YouTube, expanding and doing different things and doing lots of, having a lot more fun on YouTube and talking about more things that I really enjoy. And lots of times homework can bog me down and I I don't enjoy doing it at times. Stupid day jobs. I'm with you there. That's actually a huge part of mine Mm -hmm. is, uh, I'm sorry you had to deal with homework, Isaac. (laughs) I, I had like the exact opposite problem. I work retail in a gargantuan furniture store. It is, it is large furnishings. It's a large store. Home furnishings. It's, it's, it's the Tanglewood location in Roanoke, Virginia. Come see me whenever because we are not busy <laughs> uh it's forty-four thousand square feet it's four floors and for the past three days the music is off <laughs> because there was a windstorm that took out whatever tower or beam or lovely person in charge of making music play through my building so i am just standing and it's a slow season we just had a huge outlet sale so there's nobody like shopping for furniture right now because they just bought it Mm -hmm. for a super discount so i stood for three hours in a giant forty-four thousand square foot building like just not doing anything it drove me absolutely insane i thought i was gonna explode it was on my twitter today it's just so insanely quiet in like a, yeah a well soundproofed because it's full of furniture room right there's like <laughs> rugs and couches and sofas All and fluffy things you need to sound insulate a room <laughs> right and mattresses there's like a hundred mattresses oh. anyway you can come visit me at grand home furnishings anytime ye listener you are required to shop for furniture, though. I would be very upset if you just come in there and talk to me. You have to at least look like you're shopping for furniture. <laughs> Fair. Well, I'm sorry that happened to you, Tyler. Hopefully Ethan, the music's back. Ethan. That's not fun. The, oh, my God. It's terrible. The Bose QC35s, the, the bringers of music. They have, the they have betrayed of joy me. and happiness. They betrayed me. No. How? Okay. So let me paint the scene for you, okay? The other night... I was listening to a podcast, right, before I went to bed, and I was like, I'm gonna turn this off and take my headphones off before I go to bed, right? Well, I didn't, I didn't do that, okay? I didn't quite make it all the way there to take the headphones off. Anyway, at whatever volume I was listening to my quiet podcast on, like, it was, it was, like, a a fairly quiet show, so I had to turn the volume up a little bit. At about 4 o'clock in the morning, the headphone voice lady inside the Bose QC35 wireless felt the need to go, Battery low! Please charge! And I'm, I'm dead <laughs> asleep, and this comes in in full Dolby 5.1 surround sound. <laughs> As if it's inside my head. <laughs> you know, and you're sitting there sleeping, and in your dream, 
You're like, I am charging. Yeah, I'm, this is this is what sleeping is. <laughs> I woke up and I was like, I I was in a cold sweat. I was like, there's there is a <laughs> demon that is just crouched at the end of my bed, screaming at me. I I don't think I've ever been more scared in my life. And then it happened to me again <laughs> last night. Happened to me again last night, except in this point, because when you when you hit the button on the back, I don't know how I did it, but you hit the button on the back, it's supposed to pull up um, like Google Assistant, but I don't have Google Assistant downloaded on my phone. So it just said, again, loud as day, clear as day, in my headphones at, at four o'clock in the morning, it was just like, please try that button again. <laughs> And it's just the most alarming thing. Like, I gotta, I can't do that anymore. And I've never had this, I've slept with these headphones on plenty of times. I've never had this problem before. But I guess I need to charge the battery more. But yeah, it was just like, battery low, please charge. Four o'clock in the morning, screaming Bro. in my ears. I was so scared. Terrified. Well, Ethan, I'm sorry to hear that. I do want, we've done a lot of complaining. You know, have you ever been to Idaho? No. No. In Idaho, they call the money zone the potato zone. Ooh. It's true. That's what they, they don't call it payday. They call it potato day. I don't believe potato. you. Potato day. Potato day. I don't believe you for one <laughs> second. You, you had me until you said potato day. <laughs> <laughs> Brought to you, Bacon and Eggs this week is brought to you by none other than our very own Bacon and Eggs Be Positive campaign. And today in the potato zone, we are going to share our potatoes. Now this is something I, I've stolen straight from our Discord server. People who do this, and I do not participate, but I love it. Basically, what potato stands for is positive things about today. And then they share three great things that happen and then like a selfie of themselves being great you can join in on this amazing conversation going to patreon.com and pledging three dollars to participate in potato day which is every day in the idaho discord server but really what we're talking about is the be positive campaign uh we have amazing new t-shirts up on our teespring uh they're they're very cool ethan and i should have ours roughly when this episode comes out uh, but i want to share our own potatoes on the show ethan i'm gonna let you decide how many positive things about today we're gonna share on potato day well we we so the 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 potato zone includes three potatoes yes so we're gonna go with three typically, typically it's three, it's three potatoes three three mm -hmm. potato is how it started each. each yeah so i'm gonna share my three potatoes my three potatoes is that i love any my number one love any day that i get to record these episodes especially when i get to hang out with buddy isaac and do a recording on one of his favorite movies this has been super fun my second got some new shoes today they're super fun they're on my instagram you can see them bacon and ethan at instagram and my third what was my third i had these i did this already dang it forgot what my third one was my third one is that oh i'm not i'm not sick anymore that's it i've been like horribly sick yeah. for the past two days you gotta count your blessings on yep. health that's a big thing we take it for so, granted that my nostrils work right now took a <laughs> took a nap around two o'clock and now i feel a lot better good isaac three positive things about today so the first one is definitely recording this podcast i Woo! always like i always like coming on the podcast and be able to talk <laughs> and stuff i think it's a, a hoot and a half coming and chatting <laughs> Uh, the second thing I'd say, I got to go into a fifth grade classroom and talk about entrepreneurship today, which is for this program that I'm doing to fulfill service learning for college. So that was a lot of fun. That's neat. I was really excited to be able to talk about it. Yep. Uh, got a little, got a little preachy about going for, going for your dreams, going, <laughs> working hard. But I thought, I thought it was a good message. Um, hmm. you, you just came on Bacon and Eggs live stream not too long ago to talk about chasing your dreams and hard work. Yeah. You I just, it, you're the next Gary V. He also came on the Bacon and Eggs okay. live stream to rip me a new one for saying the new Avatar movie was taking too long. <laughs> 
There'll be another live stream next month, yeah. maybe with Isaac, maybe without. I think we're going to be talking about movie scores, so I think he will probably be there because we learned today that Isaac loves movie scores. Mm-hmm. I what? what are we talking about? The podcast? Or yeah, I was on the live stream. I'm trying to think of what, what you guys just said. I had a point and then I lost it. Uh, I don't know. I like being on the live stream too. Oh, the Gary V thing. That's what it was. So I follow Gary V pretty intently, and so I'm trying to like adapt that message, but for my audience, that makes more sense. Maybe that a makes little sense. Bit more family friendly. That's, that's the real <laughs> yeah. thing with with the Gary V mentality. It's just figure out which parts and how the Gary V mentality fits into your life and the people around you's lives. Because that dude is a machine. Oh, he is a machine. Yeah. He's, you know, like, he has sold himself to his success. And you need to understand that you don't want, like, at least I need to understand that I don't want the success that Gary V has the way that he has it. Yes. Does that make but sense? He makes, he makes like, lots I, of great points, but he also makes lots of terrifying points. Well, like, I, I think that he's very successful and he has achieved exactly what he has wanted to. But you have to understand that, like, if you go as balls to the wall with work as he does, yeah, you're not going to have a family life or friend life. Like, it's just not going to happen. Mm-hmm. But if you put, you know, 40% of your effort into work and 40% into family and 20% into friend or, you know, however you want to divvy your cups, you're still giving a hundred percent effort and that's what he's asking for well and that's i've really enjoyed like having his perspective and his idea that like there should be meaning behind your content which is what what i've been really trying to focus on outside of like youtube especially like trying to find like a purpose for the things i'm posting and so the thing i've been trying to preach is that like you should figure out who you are double down in what you enjoy doing and then trying to figure out a way to make that stable for your life to sustain that passion and that that's what you should be going after for sure for sure Mm -hmm. play your strength we need to yeah we need to like sit down and write like a a handbook for deciphering the Gary V message for the average person. Yeah. Well, it sh- obviously should just be the be positive bacon and egg slash Watso videos collab book. <laughs> there we go. There that we that go. should That's be the title. <laughs> Available on like, Teespring. Because like you just gotta you gotta figure out where the message is for you. Because like Gary Vaynerchuk doesn't sleep. He goes to bed no. at midnight, and wakes up at four a.m. Like that's not sustainable for most people. Mm-hmm. Right. And he recognizes yeah. that. You know, if you if you watch enough of his content, you know, he's, he says no. But your he he recognizes your average Gary V that. fan doesn't recognize that. Right. They're like, oh man, I don't. You know, if you want to succeed, you gotta wake up at four o'clock in the morning. You gotta go to bed in the midnight. I don't know why you're not doing that. And like, cause I'm a human. Well, because when I do that, I live yeah. for the weekend when I can sleep. <laughs> well, and the other problem with it too is that I I think some people get the wrong message that it should all, everything you do should be about flexing how much you hustle and how much you work. And that that's what the conversation becomes about is how much you work or how long you work. And it's like, look at the other perspective, guys. Go read the four hour work week. Get the other perspective. Yeah. You got to go to either yeah. extreme back and forth to find the balance. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Okay. But the third thing that I really enjoyed- <laughs> is not Gary Vaynerchuk. <laughs> <laughs> was I got to make my Cusco video today. I had a few distractions throughout the day, uh, talking to Tyler on Twitter and things <laughs> like that, but it eventually got done right before I started recording this, and I felt good about that. So I was just straight I was happy up with that. playing the blame game here. Yeah, <laughs> no, seriously. no. As I doesn't blame it. I was having fun throughout the entire day, even when I, like, like, I watched an hour and a half of YouTube through the day when I eat my breakfast and things like that. But I I have fun. And that's what I try to do when I take my breaks. So There it is. There it is. Mm-hmm. I have three very, I, I guess, exciting things. I can only think of, like, two at the moment. One of which, I had a very good day on Twitter. Twitter was fun. I Sort of opposite of what we were just talking about. Uh, I 
I took today on Twitter to try a few new things. I was like deep in threads replying to things and then they were getting retweeted to the top. That was with you, Isaac. Mm -hmm. uh, we were like below somebody's comment and then that comment and then that comment and then it was like, okay, fine, I'll make a Pixar video. Let's do it. <laughs> and then that moves its way up. Mm -hmm. um, and that was that was just a ton of fun getting on Twitter and doing all that. Um, I've And I was also talking about like I was in Toothpaste and Orange Juice like my day job and trying to find ways to marry my day-to-day -day life and my um, bacon and eggs life and sort of connecting all the dots so that I don't feel like I'm compartmentalizing too much, that everything's a little bit more cohesive. Um, so my Twitter day was fun. Uh, second part of the day that went well, I got to spend a lot of time with my dog this morning. We just laid on the couch for like an hour. It was me and Sawyer and it was just great, just relaxing enjoying our time i may have been like five minutes late for work because i stayed there too long but that was good anyway final thing wonderful about today uh i got to go well not not super exciting but i had to go to the er because emily was there because she has been dehydrated or nauseous whatever and everything's fine with the pregnancy everything's fine with emily don't worry about that but the best part about it is i got to hear my baby's heartbeat for the first time Whoa. it's beating at 152 beats that's per minute so many and that is <laughs> is very healthy that's what it's I, that just to be. <laughs> that's always wild to me when people talk about that with their babies i'm like that is so many oh my god yeah uh, which was extremely that the, That's cool. the resting that heart rate. Was... Your baby's going to explode. <laughs> yeah, that's know. orange theory right uh, there. <laughs> that's orange. You get some splat points. <laughs> uh, but that was, uh, you know, there's been a lot of process, a lot, a lot of moments in the, in the, in the baby process that have just been milestones. Like I wouldn't believe, you know, I remember thinking when I graduated college or high school, that this was the, the most exciting day of my life or, you know, the first day of my first big job or, launch of the podcast or uh my wedding or that probably should have come earlier but whatever <laughs> well you kind of put them in order there wedding. like like chronological order yeah i did yeah <clears throat> um you know things like that being big and then you uh, you cannot stress enough how incredible it is to to go through the the miracle of, of life and birth and all of that and it's just been a, a wild wild experience but that was it's, it's so far been wonderful uh and challenging and beautiful and very weird but that was was my three potatoes for the day if you would like to support tyler's baby you can send it things at p.o box 3025 or you can uh go over to our teespring there's a link in the description of this episode uh and get a b positive shirt and spread your potatoes to all your friends if somebody's like hey that's a sweet shirt where'd you get it be like actually before i tell you these are three great things happening in my life right we're gonna now. have to make potato shirts uh, now <laughs> we may have to make potato shirts we'll have to see how things go <laughs> With this segment, I don't know if we're gonna keep you, it. You should have short round on it and says, you know, hold on to your potatoes. Oh gosh. <laughs> oh gosh. <laughs> oh gosh. I know. Every time I talk to Isaac, I just start leaning into that accent. <laughs> and for for the next few days, I'll just be like, oh lord. Oh, uh, I mean, the worst thing for me is ope. Ope. You bump into someone. Ope. 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 Oh, oh, sorry. I do that too, though. Oh, oh, sorry. Oh, coming through. Mm -hmm. Anyway, how to train your dragon? Dragon three. Dragon, dragon yeah. three. Can Speaking I say it right now? Ooh. I'll say it right now. Mm -hmm. Hiccups dragon armor looks cooler than the Master Chief. Okay. Oh, 100%. Yeah, absolutely. I suppose. Yeah. 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 Hiccups dragon armor is like bad Fortnite. Apex Legends. Dude, like I said it. I'm not even mad. It's sweet. Dude, when they walk through the fire and the, the music ramps up. Oh, and he keeps, oh, that gets man. me every time. The, the problem is, though, and I had this complaint the whole movie. He keeps turning the little sword thing on and off. It, like, never hits anybody with it. Oh, you're talking about his, like, flame yeah. saber? Yeah. 
is he like clicks Infernal. it on and off like 12 times. He never hits anybody with it. Yeah, it's more of a tool than an actual weapon. Yeah, but he holds it like a weapon. <laughs> like that's the thing. Well, I suppose. I suppose. Is he, he like, he walks to the fire and cuts it on just like, yeah, I'm about to wreck some butt here. And then just, he uses it at the end. He goes into like a proper sword fight at the end. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And he draws it on Grimmel. Doesn't do anything with yeah. it. He draws it on the, the trappers at the beginning. Doesn't do anything with it. That's, that's, that's it. That's all I'm saying. It's like he cuts this. He's a demon. He cuts this incredible figure and then it's just like clicks it off and just like, never mind. Dragon's got this. I think that's part of it actually is that he leans on the dragons too much. That's and the movie is absolutely about part of it. They they yeah. beat you over the head with that yeah. lesson as soon as they gets back. Yeah. And I feel like I jive with that very much. I remember when I was a uh, middle and high schooler, my dragon was a huge part of my success. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, same. <laughs> I related to that on a on a one to one personal level. I would take like a dragon more quiz for like what kind of dragon do you get? Oh, hundred percent. I would love that. I I'd be all over that. Uh, also, I think my favorite dragons in this one were the the hobgoblers. <laughs> Every time they were on screen, I was sitting next to Ethan. Every time they were on screen, he was like. Oh! <laughs> It was a good bit of comedic timing every time. <laughs> I did not. There, there was a lot of like the, what's the loaded gun concept called? It's that, whatever. Of like, they're going to mm -hmm. set this up and it's going to have to come back at some point in this movie. And he was like, oh, they're a bad omen. And I was like, the grim Sirius Black is going to be in this movie. And uh, no Gary Oldman. There was, they did come back later and they killed somebody. So that was good. Proud of that. Mm -hmm. A uh, bad omen. You cursed. Anyway, dude. I loved them. I thought it was hilarious because there were more of them every time. Mm -hmm. And they're just sitting they there. It's like, what was uh, what was the last movie we all talked about? What was Wreck-It Ralph? Um, the, what was the guy's name with the eyes? Oh, with the, with the with sweater. The yeah, with the long arms. Oh, man. You know who I'm talking about, though? Oh, man. oh 100%. What was his name? They, it would just shout it and he would just be there. And that's how those were in that movie. Like, they would just show up just staring there and not moving. I got to look this up now. It's going to drive me nuts. Yeah, me too. Gord. 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 <laughs> Absolutely. That's what this it solved the same the same need in this movie was those things for that little bit of joke. I thought this movie was fine. Right. I enjoyed the humor in this movie. I yeah, I thought the humor was paired well with the action the levity yeah. of yeah, what was going on. Because a lot was going on, lots of serious moments, and it was all setting up to what Tyler was talking about earlier, the miracle of life. Hiccup and Astrid have their children. Toothless and the Light Fury have their children. Beautiful thing. I I was very excited that oh, yeah. we got to see that flash forward the black and white dragon baby is still doing epilogue well. mm -hmm. yeah where toothless acts like he doesn't know who hiccup is at first and he's all menacing mm -hmm. just like oh i'm the king i'm the alpha <laughs> and like i think it's so funny that toothless is the alpha like because he's just he's so goofy yeah he's he's so he's cute, just like a little puppy so powerful yeah he's night fury he never misses yeah <laughs> he's so cute he really is yeah that's that's the cutest thing in the world yeah and he, he finally recognizes hiccup and they go flying and they throw the kid back and forth and, you know, just some horrendous parenting there for a second. But whatever. They're Vikings. <laughs> doesn't matter. Um, I mean, the fact that they would bring children into a world with dragons at all is... <laughs> <laughs> that anybody was like, we should reproduce. <laughs> right. Before we solve this dragon problem, yeah. let's... Oh, but yeah, no, and we got to see the black and white offspring, and they were adorable, the little baby dragons. Mm -hmm. um, I feel like the, the Light Fury needed a name. I don't know who would have named her, but it would have been cool if she had a name. Oh, I have a reason why they didn't name her, actually. There is a reason why. So to, the whole idea of the movie is that Toothless must go back to the wild. So they wanted the character that would introduce him to the wild and bring him back to the hidden world to be something that was purely, like, animalistic, which is why all we get is the species and not... A 
necessarily a name for that. Hmm. That's a for that specific. That's dragon. a very good point. That's a very cool point. Mm-hmm. They really thought about yeah, something. That's true. I like it when that. I was happens. just mostly referring to it from a yeah. point of like having to say the Light Fury and not being able to like name her. Oh, I agree. Oh. I wish there was like something to like directly point to that specific light fury too because then it's toothless's light fury or something like that but right i think it makes sense for the story oh yeah as soon as you said that i totally agree i totally agree with you i'm in on it mm-hmm. how does how does the alpha thing work if toothless has a child the same way it worked uh, with hiccup mm-hmm. how does the alpha thing work when there was a bunch of night furies well it's whatever that's, that's just how alphas can, work yeah it's whoever defeats the previous alpha becomes the next alpha lion king yeah that's why there's like one male lion mm-hmm. if they killed scar would it have just been anarchy probably basically uh, they they'd probably just live on their own until another male yeah came wanders in from a different part of the savannah for starters yeah <laughs> or one of the, the cubs grew yeah. into him it's kind of like how humans do king. like where somebody just kind of sits on the throne until the monarch comes of age mm-hmm. mm. yep that's what i did i was <laughs> i was the king of thailand nope that's a place that's, the name that's com- a place <laughs> that's that is already a place that's where the name comes <laughs> so the name comes from. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah tyler was a king once <laughs> yeah, everybody knows tyler was king yeah no uh I really enjoyed this movie. This was such a good work of cinema. Cinema. It really was. It was a lot of fun. I had a lot of fun watching it and a lot of fun watching all three of them. Yeah. I think what truly makes trilogies great is when you go into the trilogy knowing what you're going to make throughout the entire story process so that there's meaning for every single part of it. And that that's what I think How to Train Your Dragon did so well. And I'm glad that it exists. And I'm, gl- I'm also kind of glad that it's not Disney. I think it's cool that there's something that I think is to the caliber of the peak of Disney storytelling that is a direct competitor to Disney so that we get better things from the animation industry as a whole. I think it's cool that How to Train Your Dragon is DreamWorks. I agree and with I that. And I have a reason to enjoy DreamWorks at all. Mm-hmm. I definitely agree with that. Um, and I do think that that's where this kind of edges out Toy Story a little bit. It's because, like, there aren't plot holes, really. There aren't a whole lot of problems to to fix, whereas Toy Story 1 created a lot of kind of issues that they just didn't flesh out. What are you looking at, hockey puck? <laughs> what? Well, and there's also, like, Not the think biggest of problem the I would progression of Hiccup and Toothless. You can look at that arc every single movie. They keep growing. But, like, what is the lesson that... Woody learns that he doesn't have to be the best toy. Is that like, is that the lesson that we need to take away from Toy Story? Is that the lesson every child needs to learn? I don't, I don't think that's as important as the lessons that Hiccup learned. Plus, Toothless is so cute. Sid is scary looking. Sid was the villain. <laughs> Woody was the villain. He's uh, such a happy child. <laughs> I'll tell you, man, watching Ryan George's pitch meeting video for Toy Story 1 sort of ruined that movie for me. When Why? when he was just like, oh, yeah, so we got this kid that, you know, takes the heads off his, his toys and puts them on different toys. And the other guy's like, so like a kid, like a normal kid playing with toys. He's like, yeah, but he like... Mm-hmm. He throws him out the window and like blows him up. And he goes, yeah, it sounds like a thing a kid would do. I'm like, dang it. (laughs) There's been interviews with a bunch of the Toy Story creators and they, they all admitted they're like, yeah, we are much more SIDS growing up. None of us were like Andy playing with toys. Yeah. I mean, definitely. Mm -hmm. I I think I was more of an Andy, but that's I'm kind of a sentimental dude with things. So, you know, Isaac, I would not have known that about you. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I think I was actually probably more of an Andy. I do remember 
one time pulling like a Nerf gun apart and like taking all the screws out and everything and seeing how it worked and putting it back mm. together and being like, because I did that, it now shoots a hundred miles further than before. Oh. Of course, it didn't, it didn't do anything. <laughs> didn't do anything different. different. <laughs> You're like, I oh, modified my, it My somehow. buddy would mod Nerf guns. He, he'd mess around with the springs, take out the air compressor so that it would launch farther. He, he would do it with all of his Nerf guns. It was pretty impressive stuff. <laughs> and then nobody wants to play Nerf with that kid because his Nerf gun hurts. <laughs> <laughs> it's like this is fully automatic and it will go twice as far as yours <laughs> and it hurts, and it hurts. <laughs> but but there's no question of like did he did you get me i didn't, I don't think you got me did you, you got, got a welt you on your me. arm bro that's, that's not the rule man that's not the rule <laughs> you got me on my arm it's only it's only chest shots that count i remember those days playing airsoft making up rules on the fly <laughs> yeah I think we discovered. I didn't. Uh, yeah, <laughs> those uh, were words. Yeah, I, I I didn't want to tell the story. Okay. <laughs> uh, anyway, let's do. Some, I think yeah, we're let's about do to some wrap up. up time. This is such a good sure. episode. This flew by for me. Same. This, like I, mm-hmm. there are a lot of times where I'll go click the audat. I don't look at Audacity while we record. Uh, but I'll click on it and I'll be like, oh my gosh, we've only been doing this for forty five minutes. Oh dear, how are we gonna fill the next hour? But this time I clicked over and it was like one forty one, and I was like, all right, tell another story and then yeah, we'll, we'll be good be to good go. To go. Go, Mm -hmm. (laughs) Uh, What do we do to wrap up? The first thing I think we do is rank it on the big board. Big board, yeah. The big board. Big board. The big board is updated. Big board. God bless Zach Pearson. Zach Pearson. Love that guy. Updating the big board for us. Official board moderator. Okay. We have received requests to pit it against every movie bottom up. So we're going to do that. Is it better than Venom? Is yep. it better than Transformers? Yes. Yep. Is it better than Crimes of Grindelwald? Yes. Yeah. Is it better than Lego Movie yep. 2? Mm-hmm. Is it better than National yep. Treasure? Yeah. Ralph Breaks the Internet. Yep. yep. Lego Batman. Yep. Mm-hmm. Bumblebee. Yep. Yeah. Miracle. Yep. Princess Bride. Yep. Interstellar. Nope. Yeah. No way. Ooh. Not a cold chance in heck. But I can't fight this. <laughs> I'm not allowed to. <laughs> Toy Story. I mean, yeah, it's better than Toy Story, but so is Interstellar. Mm-hmm. Batman Begins. Is that really where that fell? Yeah, Batman Begins. Oh man, is six. I forgot that. Um, oh. ooh, ooh. I, ooh. I mean, I've got a preference. Like, <laughs> I think How to Train Your Dragon is better than Batman Begins. I would prefer to watch How to Train Your Dragon over Batman Begins. I actually, I actually would agree yeah, with you. I would probably, yeah, I would probably agree. It's a lot more fun. Yeah, it's way, way more fun. <laughs> So here's here's the thing. Fun. Here's the thing, is I I do think it's I do think it's better than Toy Story two, Ooh. but I don't know if it's better than Toy Story three. I like because like the I, the end of Toy Story three is so it's such an emotional piece. It is. Yeah. No, I agree with you. I, I don't think you're better than Toy Story three here. I do think you're better than Toy Story two. Is there anything between those two? Yeah. Okay. No. But Dark Knight Rises is above Batman Begins. It's better than Dark Knight Rises. I don't know that it is. I don't know that it is. This is a tough list. This Toy Story trilogy is really messing things up here. I mean, I stand by what I said with Toy Story. Uh, I stand by how I feel about all of these, actually, for the most part. Yeah, I stand by how I feel about them, too. <laughs> yeah, I still think Toy Story is better than Interstellar. Not all three of them. And Interstellar is better than Batman Beyond or Begins and Dark Knight Rises. It just is. It's just a better story. I but, I feel pretty good about How to Train Your Dragon 3 being above Toy Story 2 and below Toy okay, Story I'm, 3. I'm there. I'm with that. I, I'm with that. I feel that. Cool. Cool. That's decided. And then we will have another animated movie next week that is yet to be determined. Yeah. What do we? What, how do you take Ooh. your eggs? That's what we yep. call it. I gotta put. Gotta post that poll. How do you like your eggs? Post that poll. Listener's choice animated movie. We're opening up to every animated movie ever made that we haven't. And already we haven't reviewed. already recovered. Yeah. Now Ooh. the only uh, the, listen. This is actually an important thing because 
there are a lot of suggestions you can make for this Pokemon Flourish movie. Stop um, leading people. <laughs> um, <laughs> the only the only qualification I will say only qualification I'll say is that it has to be animated uh, and it has to be a theatrical release. Yeah. Uh, no Lion King two Simba's pride. Nope. No Lion King. I don't think Lion King 2 Simba's Pride is going to win out of all animated movies ever. I I 100% don't think it should either. I think if it's any Lion King movie, it's going to be The Lion King. (laughs) But why would it be The Lion King when it could be Pokemon the first movie? Stop Uh, leading people. (laughs) Uh, It's got a 15% on Rotten Yeah, it sucks. I love it dearly, but it's not a good movie. Better than Venom. <laughs> Probably. Venom's overrated. It's got like a 30%. Okay, so... It's crazy. We have Venom at the bottom of this list. I remember almost nothing about that movie. That's a solid sign. That, <laughs> that tells you where right where it should be. be. We've also reviewed an extraordinary list so far this year. Just yeah, we have. really good movies. Very, yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, so... Anyway. So... What breakfast food is How to Train Your Dragon, The Hidden World? I'll be honest. I know it's not a Viking food. It's like a soul food. But I get a real chicken and waffle type vibe here. Explain yourself. It is heavy and absurd. And also sweet. And also sweet. Like, it's heavy because it's like I'm eating carbs and and then protein wrapped in carbs. Yeah. (laughs) Protein deep fried in carbs. But it's also silly because it's chicken and freaking waffles, Ethan. I'm with... I back that, actually. Now that you said that. Azzy, do you have have an idea? Do you have a suggestion? I really like chicken and waffles. Okay, cool. I think that kind of explains it really well. Plus, I, I feel like you also, there's a certain Vikingness to eating boned chicken. For breakfast, yeah. breakfast. <laughs> like, yeah. Just go out to the paddock in the morning and pull out a whole hen. <laughs> so I think that, okay. yeah, I think that, without with a that. doubt, that's I'm what I'm looking that. at here. Yeah, I feel that a lot. It sounds really good. Fair enough. Do they have chicken and waffles in Wisconsin? Not very frequently. No. Just at IHOP. Mm-hmm. Probably. Okay, well, yeah, but you do have Culver's, so you kind of win there. Oh, yeah. Would, We've got good burgers. I would love a Culver's butter a burger right now. Okay, listen, I've said it before, probably on this podcast. I'll say it again. A butter burger is just a normal... All burger buns have butter yeah, on but them. Yeah, it's, but it's marketing. Tyler, it's toasted. <laughs> it's like, it's like I, wear, I wear Allbirds because their marketing got me so good, but there's one segment of their marketing where they're like, you can throw these shoes in the washing machine. No other, every other shoe can be thrown in the washing machine that's made of wool or mesh. Yeah, this yeah they're is, acting like they invented mesh for- shoes. <laughs> Well, they made wool shoes also. They didn't invent those either. They are insanely comfortable. High recommendation from Tyler. Ooh. No referral code. I don't think they do. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, yeah. You could throw your merino wool shoes in the washer or your your mesh shoes in the in the washing machine. That's not new. I would not machine wash any of my shoes, but that's just me. You don't have all birds. I don't. <laughs> You're missing out. They're sweet. I've only done it with like super muddy running shoes before. Isaac, do you work out? I did cross country and track and a year of swim team in high school but i have don't run a ton in my college years all right i'll take that fair Mm -hmm. all right well let's wrap this piece up isaac where do people find you of course they know you can find me on youtube instagram twitter and facebook all at watso videos i talk about disney and other magical stories so if you're interested in learning about the lore talking about lots of wonderful stories with me definitely go check me out there perfect succinct Love it. He makes fun videos for fun topics for fun people. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Tyler, where can people find you? What? I make videos on... Uh, there was not a vlog yesterday because, uh, as aforementioned, mentioned, Emily's in the hospital right now, so I'm just not going to edit one. Also, I... 
I may have not filmed anything. Anyway, I'll be back with the vlogs next week. Um, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at AmeriCarlin. Uh, there's a Facebook like page attached to my name so that I can have a business Instagram. You can like that if you want. I probably won't ever post anything there. You can follow the podcast at Bacon and Eggs Media on Twitter or Bacon and Eggs Pod on Twitter and Instagram. You can email us if you have any show questions or just want to say hi at baconandeggsmedia at gmail.com. Uh, you can like us on Facebook. You can join the super secret, not secret at all, Facebook group. It's free for everyone forever. Uh, that's where all the polls and everything are for the for the How Do You Take Your Eggs episodes. Um, so definitely do that. There'll be a link to that. It's like the first thing in the description. The very first thing is the link to that. Ethan, how do people get in touch with you? You can find me at the aforementioned things that we share, um, where you can also find the podcast, or you can find me on Instagram at Bacon and Ethan, or on Twitter at Wow Now, but the others are zeros. Um, I probably should get that other handle from Seamus and just go ahead and switch things. I keep saying that every week and then forgetting. Um, that's okay. Seamus owns my Twitter handle. That's fine. <laughs> that's a totally normal thing to have <laughs> happened. Um, anyway, uh, yeah, that's where you can find me. Um, I'm available all the time because I live on social media now. I post pictures and stuff all the time, and I... You can join our Discord as well, which is the best way to get in contact with me. You can go to patreon.com slash bacon and eggs, join the super secret Discord. That one actually is secret because you have to get in to join it. But we just dropped the price to three dollars. Three American doll hairs. So so just just for reference there, in the Lego movie, Emmett buys a coffee for $37. For one dollar less than that, you can join the Discord server with Tyler and Ethan. For, for an entire year, for the price year. of one Lego now, coffee. Now listen, listen. I want to just expand on that point just real quick. If you think, oh well, I don't want to join it because Tyler and Ethan probably never spend any time in there. Just, 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 just give me a second, okay? I've got to pull up the. How many more times could Tyler say "just" before he explodes? <laughs> Let me show you something, Ethan. In the last <laughs> in the last seven days, I have spent twelve hours on Discord just on my phone. We are there all the time, talking and hanging out, and usually not even answering questions. The community's so cool; they're just like sharing potatoes, and nobody ever has questions for Ethan and I. But if you're in the Discord, you want to ask Ethan and I. Currently, we're talking about how tall we are, and everybody's taller than me. Everybody's Ethan is four foot. Three. Yeah, I'm four foot three. That's it. <laughs> yep, Ethan's four foot three. No, I am a shorter, shorter than your average bear kind of guy, but that's okay. Um, anyway, uh, this is kind of where we end things. So our logo is by Vaishan Brandon. He's you can find him at Graphite VMB on Instagram, and our music is by the ever wonderful Andrew Scott Bell. And you can find him on Twitter and Instagram at Andrew Scott Bell, and as well as AndrewScottBell.com to find all of his stuff. He's like an award winner. It's awesome. Um, he's a student, student Oscar, Oscar winner. winner. Yep, and he's working on a student Grammy production. Yeah. yeah. Student, wow. student Emmy. That was it. Emmy. Yep. Student Emmy. Yeah, because he's doing he's he's uh, doing a TV yep. show. One of his shows yep. got nominated. That's so rad. Anyway, so that's that's so cool. that's Andy Bell. He does our music, and um, I think that's it. I've been Ethan Etchill. He's been Tyler Carlin, and him over there in Wisconsin has been Isaac Carlson. Until next time, Arriva Durchi. Another Night Fury. <laughs>